Thank you for choosing to listen to the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. In a really amazing selection of other podcasts indicative of the recruitment market and the business market, for whatever reason you're listening now, we just want to say thank you for choosing us. We couldn't do this without our sponsor and our partners. We're going to talk about them a little bit later on in the show, but thank you to Pager, our sponsors, and our partners, Inclusion Crowd and Needy. And without further ado, let's jump in to get to know this week's guest. One of the greatest joys is when I have a guest that comes on the show who is actually a fan and a listener. And my next guest, is no exception. He, in fact, during the interview today, he actually quotes a couple of previous episodes, which is just wonderful. So this is Rob Pollington, and he is a director of CPL Technology, and he's now running Intrinsic Brand. Um, it's a really exciting conversation because they have, in 2023, actually gone through a merger. Um, and so for anyone listening who is either about to or has gone through a recent merger or acquisition, he's got some really great advice in terms of what to do as an employee going through that journey, but also for leaders that are about to embark upon that. We have a really interesting conversation around 2023, what the trends have been, what he's seen in terms of the market, and then most importantly, what he thinks will be the, the case for 2024 and beyond. So he's got some really useful, practical advice for both recruiters on the early part of their career, those with experience, and of course, leaders as well, in terms of how to ensure that you not only survive, but thrive in 2024 and beyond. Uh, and what I'm really pleased to say is that we talk a lot around things like diversity and inclusion. So a huge shout out to our partners at Inclusion Crowd on that, because we do get to talk quite nitty gritty around that. So without further ado, We'll jump into this episode and I really hope you get to know our guest, who you might recognise actually, because in his previous life, he was actually an actor and a radio presenter. Anyway, here's Rob. We are so proud at the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast to be sponsored by Pager. Pager helps recruiters to build personal brands, to identify new business opportunities, to attract those hard-to-find candidates and to basically have better conversations. Now, you will have a large network that you want to build credibility with on LinkedIn. And sometimes posting content every day feels impossible. Now, that changes once you have Pager. Pager provides you with the ideas, the content and the scheduling capability for, to produce daily content to build out your own personal brand in minutes. And for business development, too. Pager identifies companies that are advertising jobs, have key hiring indicators such as funding rounds, mergers, acquisitions or senior appointments and then alerts you to this daily. Pager also enables you to write candidate-centric job adverts without bias in seconds. So once you advertise your job, Pager will then automatically create a branded post and publish it to LinkedIn without you even having to lift a finger. So when you want to actively source candidates, you can create complex Boolean strings in seconds. All you need to do is to provide the job title and location. Now, Pager is making thousands and thousands of recruiters smarter and faster. For more information, click on the link pager.co to book your demo and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast 
when inquiring. Now, back to the episode. This is Leisha Holmes and I am your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast and I am absolutely thrilled to welcome to our channel today somebody who, this is not a novice experience for him actually, apparently in his spare time he's a bit of a radio DJ but we'll get to know a little bit more about him as we get to have a conversation about all sorts of things today. So without further ado, this is Rob Pollington who is a director at CPL Technology. Welcome to you today Rob, how are you? Hey Leisha, how are you doing? I'm very well indeed, thank you so much for having us on the podcast today, real pleasure. It's a real pleasure to have you here. So for those who are not yet familiar with you, and maybe might even be more interested in the radio side than the actual recruitment side, but you know, <laughs> let's contextualize That's the weekend. It. That's the weekend That's thing. a weekend thing. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what the business does. So how are you doing, guys? So I'm Rob Pollington. Uh, I'm a director here at, at CPL Technology. Um, we are a, a recruitment, uh, global transformational recruitment business of 30 years um, I look after the intrinsic team. So we've gone through some pretty magnificent changes in like the last three months where we've hubbed and merged two of our recruitment businesses together to now uh, drive forward the intrinsic brand for next year and beyond. So intrinsic itself is an organization which had a, a specialism, particularly in Oracle ERP recruitment from sort of 2006, brought into the OSI group. OSI owns CPL as well. Um, so my team being specialist talent, um, very much focused towards software engineering, particularly technical engineering as well. Through this merger, we can now offer our clients even more. So we kind of brought, branched out much more now into cybersecurity, which is always something that Intrinsic's done really well. Um, the ERP piece itself, we've broadened because some of the guys on my side of the team have got backgrounds in SAP and what have you. So from a, a client perspective and what we can offer service-wise, heck of a lot more, but really exciting. So been lots of, uh, what do they say, storming and norming or just kind of just getting together and getting to know each other really properly, just the between. I was going to say, I, I mean, before we sort of crack on with, with what we're going to talk about today, there, there will be people listening that will either have gone through or potentially may go through a merger or an, or even an acquisition. But, you know, yeah. let's talk about it in terms of what would you say has been from a journey perspective? How do you ensure that you do integrate cultures and how do you ensure that you make it as smooth as possible for both your employees, you know, the team? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. also the customers, because you've got internal and external massively. customers going yeah, no, no, mass, mass, massively. Really interesting. I think, I, think, I think some of the things is about getting the culture right, because ultimately mm -hmm. you've got, you know, two different forces coming at it from different angles. Now, fortunately, you know, CPL is an organization which I feel does things, you know, has got a heart, you know, the, the, mm -hmm. a lot of the initiatives and the way that we like to work with our clients is with a, 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 a huge amount of compassion, but also where, you know, we, we really want to try and build out relationships for the long term. So in terms of what we can offer service wise, it's vast, um, very much in terms of, you know, getting to know the intrinsic guys, obviously those guys come from, you know, huge, you know, experience as well. Mm. So it's just trying to kind of find a halfway house. And I think mm. that's what's important, you know, in terms of the culture that you then drive forward and you build upon, you know, we're we're scaling at the moment. So at the moment, we've we, we've hired a couple of principals, particularly on the data side of things, and again into cybersecurity. So, in terms of how we continue to scale and grow this thing, mm. you know, we still need seniors at this stage. I feel, but then, mm. you know, in the future, we will look to more more juniors um, as time goes on. So, you, I mean, effectively, if we were to analogise it, which I always do, I'm quite a visual person. It's it's basically <laughs> you bring you bring into to together, you know, two 
cultures that are very symbiotic, yeah. clearly yes. symbiotic. Yeah, definitely. Everybody seems to have respect for each other, but actually, yeah. to in order to to, I guess, if you think of it as two constructions, it's two houses that have been brought together, and actually, yeah. you're, you're building a, you know, a, I guess, a mezzanine floor over it with principal yeah. consultants, and and then you can then continue to grow and, and to build on that. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. I think you know, it, it terrifies people when you know. I, I've spoken to people literally this week who are in the you know they're they're in consultant roles yeah. and they're watching their businesses merge and you know that they're maybe being acquired by a larger group and they're terrified but that's mm. i think that comes down to communication yeah and it sounds like as a business that it sounds like you're, well, you you'd use the word culture but you know it sounds like it's quite an open culture that you're yeah very expectations. much so. we're not trying to yeah. replace you what no no no, no together no. you know what it's also just spending time with each other you know and mm. that's why i think you know getting into the office and kind of wanting to spend that time and really understand and work out what people are about, what people's strengths are, weaknesses, and particularly, you know, where people want to go, you know, in, in either businesses in terms of maybe where they've got to in their career and perhaps, you know, seeing it as a real opportunity. I mean, we've seen it as a huge opportunity for what we can, you know, the services that we can actually give to our clients. But I know that a lot of the team are seeing it as, you know, huge opportunities for what they can discover yeah. new that they've not done before, but particularly, you know, how they can continue to, to grow. To grow. Yeah, I just yeah. want to put a pin in what you just said there. I'm picking up on something you just said there about being in the office. So being contrary, yeah. is that not feasible? If if companies are, are maybe, you know, been remote or have been hybrid, do you think it's, it's more problematic to, I guess, immerse yourself in a culture if you are not present in the office? I think you've just got to work harder. I mean, if I even have to take it back to COVID times, mm. how hard we had to work to, to, to maintain you know, some kind of culture. I remember celebrating my 40th birthday online birthday. with everybody. Thank you. You know, at that time, you know, in 2020, yeah. in March, yeah. you know, yeah. and, you know, we were all on, you know, Zoom teams, whatever yeah. it was, as much as we could. So, you know, I don't think it's impossible, mm. but obviously, you know, there's there's nothing like when you are, you know, physically. physically there, because also just in terms of how people are, you know, it's all the stuff that behaviors. You know, it's we, all the human. You know, it's the human interaction. Yeah. I don't know about anyone else, but I'm a real empath. And as soon as you 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 went, took us back to March 2020, <laughs> I I honestly had this massive bubble of anxiety of how hard no, it was. <laughs> how you, you had to be on Zooms all day. It was yeah. exhausting, and it you had was. to. Yeah, you know, you. I mean, we've. Uh, I've only got a small team, but you know, you are on the phone all day, and you are. Are yeah. you checking in, and how are you doing? And yeah. you're speaking about this client, you're speaking about this candidate. I mean, we are a remote business, but we we are very small. We're a boutique business of three, but I think you know, and it's it's something that have talked about with many guests this year, and I know that we will continue mm -hmm. to talk about going forward because what is the right thing to do? And I do genuinely stand by. It depends on your business. It depends on your yeah. culture. It depends on your people. But 100%. generally speaking, because I listen to, and I know we talked about this offline, I listen to a lot of podcasts, particularly around workplace culture, because it really interests me, especially Bruce Daisley's Eat, Pray, uh, Eat Work, Sleep, Repeat. He, he, okay. he, he came on my show in 2022. So he's the ex-CTO of Google and YouTube. So he's, I mean, and he invites wow. on the most amazing people from across workplace culture, like the real occupational specialists. And yeah, they're amazing. And generally speaking, we are more productive and happier when we are physically with people because yeah. that's what human beings do. We generate energy off each other. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't mean all the time, by the way. You can blend <laughs> it. But it means that from a you know, for, for leaders listening and for those that are listening who maybe are, you know, wondering why they're being called back into the office, there is mm. a reason for that. Because actually, yeah. you think about how hard you worked in 2020. I bet you work less hours commuting mm -hmm. into an office than you did when you were at home 
Yeah, definitely. I, I think that look, the, the 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 benefits are huge, and, and if you look at the, the the seismic shift just in the working culture in that time, you know, we're talking something that might have happened that would have taken, I think, probably ten years or more to oh, really well, without. But, but, but without a I, I guess I guess the thing that worries me is obviously when you when you, we do speak to clients is kind of getting that balance right, and and again. Mm. I think what you said there's right you've got to find a balance for what works for you works. and that's and that's only something that you can kind of do with yeah. your team and with how you like to yeah. work you yeah. know I speak to people and there's a chap I spoke to yesterday and he's looking out because the moment they're, they're in five days a week in the city and mm. you know as much as there's opportunities people coming at him all the time that mm. actually you could be there three days a week but it might mean that you can then take your daughter to school or you can absolutely you know, or go, go to the gym work, or go or, to the gym or or Wash on before you start work at eight. Whatever it you know, is, whatever yeah. it is, I agree you know. totally. And I, I always say, I mean, it is the most asked question of any of my clients, and it is the most talked about thing on the podcast. If I was to take oh. one fundamental common theme over the last three years, however, you what you've said there is right. I don't think it's one size fits all. I think you have to look at your ROI on your yeah. people. You have to look at your what your where you're going, what your goals are, what your values are. And this does lead really nicely actually into you know what we're going to talk about today, which you know, nobody has a crystal ball. I wish we did. Uh, and, well only. actually I don't. Only. I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. I kind of don't because then we you know, I'm I'm a bit of, I'm quite an impulsive person, really. I think a lot of recruiters are, aren't we? We're, we're salespeople. So what, but we're as we record this now, we are in the final quarter of 2023. Set the scene. How's how's 2023 been for you, both internally as a business, but also externally? Yeah. Uh, and then we'll talk around where you think we're heading in 2024. We've 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 had to pivot. I think we've had to be adaptable as much as anything in this mm -hmm. year. I think um, you know, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, we've gone through shifts in the team and what have you. Yeah. Um, but I think also in terms of we've had to do a lot of real sort of thinking about who we are and what we're actually trying to put out there so mm -hmm. as much as as anything um you know just even in terms of you know our offerings you know what we're trying to go to market with you know are there services or solutions that we can that would be a benefit to our clients beyond just contract or or permanent yeah. recruitment yeah um you know we, we we run a payroll solution for a global electronics company um we've been doing that now for the last couple of years and that's something particularly next year that we're going to be you know pushing a pushing lot more but, but but particularly you know the conversations that we've been having with some businesses where maybe they've got a lot of contractors um and perhaps they might be looking at the risk across their supply chain the solution we've got you know is something that we run at scale we've run it here we've run it in ireland you know huge multinational companies where you know we're payrolling hundreds of of people at any one time that's something that we've seen to, to be you know a real backbone for what we've had this year mm. i think in terms of as an actual unit though coming back to your question i think we've had to really move away from from the kind of delivery i mean we were very very we were very lucky okay and when i moved to this organization coming out of covid um very very lucky coming to cpl because you know we're, we're fortunate to work with you know huge organizations in ireland particularly and some of the uk work that that, that was presented to us was you know scaling by 50 60 80 heads at any one Gosh. time so our unit was very much delivery focused it was mm. um you know I was brought in as, as a partnership manager so right. my so so my job was very much on that client piece and looking at how we could then develop that opportunity and really mm. kind of embed ourselves mm. against the business um coming away from that this year as I'm sure many of the people that you've been speaking with last year is the fact that you know you, we've had to be more adaptable because mm. You, you can't just rely on on that as a business and no. as as lucky as we've been in, in having these huge accounts 
we've had to kind of, like I say, take stock and yep. kind of really look at, okay, if if we're going to merge two businesses, but if we're going to really, um, you know, have some kind of, of offering, which is going to be valuable for the clients that we're working with, but we'll also have some legs on it for the future, which we can actually scale as a business. Yeah, um, we need to kind of do it properly, and that's looking really at, at like we're saying, bringing on board principles, those Brand. that have perhaps mm. you know been in the business for a number of years, those that are well trained, those that you know that know how to do this, that perhaps want to be in an environment where maybe they have a bit more flexibility. Mm. Um, you know, we're in two days a week, so that's great. Yeah, but also where there's maybe a greater sense of autonomy, and I think really you know trust in them to want to do their to thing, want to do their thing. To, that's what yeah. we're trying to provide people with. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's really interesting to hear, you know, firsthand people's experience and testimony of what's really happened this year. And it is not unique to your business. And anyone listening, you know, I very much doubt you've been in a, in a different position. It has been a very challenging year and it was expected. We we kind mm. of expected it post-COVID and it didn't happen. Obviously, we then yeah. had the, boot, the fake boom, but it wasn't yeah. fake. It was very real. No, you know, was. everybody cashed in on... You know, the the incredible, you know, government-led schemes, the furlough schemes, the bounce-back loans, which ensured that people didn't lose their jobs. However, it was a bit of a house of cards for a lot of, of sectors. And obviously, we then saw, you know, people, you know, the cost of living crisis, the technology bubble burst. Um, you know, we had a very inflated and rather bloated, not very nice word to use, but rather bloated sector. And I think what you said there is absolutely right, that, you know, as a business, you've, you know, in internally looked at, you know, where that where that business is coming from and how you can then scale it going forward so I think a lot of listeners will be very reassured to mm. hear that what you're saying is probably the case for I would say most of the recruitment industry and of course the reason that I wanted to contextualize it is because we now want to be in a position as we look ahead that we've got the right pillars in place mm. to ensure that we thrive in 2024 yeah. so what so what do you see when you're forecasting as a business what what do you see will happen over that i mean it's so hard i think covid blew any kind of five-year plans out the water let's face it let's say 12 months where do what do you think the trends will be for the next 12 months, uh, for the next 12 months i think that i mean certainly we've seen from our clients a real desire to want to consume data from us i think that's that's you mm. know and so particularly to have insights from us particularly around things like whether it might be initiatives that that are important to them around dni but particularly looking at i think yeah data-driven solutions i think is going to be one of the real things that that kind of kicks on a lot more um you know i think you know in terms of companies and their you know our our databases our next our networks are going to be really really important because Mm. that's where we derive a lot of value going into businesses Mm. you know we're a 30 year old business with you know a 30 year old database you know it's it's really if you can mine it effectively you know to get the candidates that you need and if you're working in the right markets that you'll have those specialists at the you know at at your fingertips fingertips, that's that's where the value is so but i I think certainly from a a data perspective that that's important i mean we've we've Mm. been using um a platform called Pitchbook Data this year. Which I don't know if okay. anyone, uh, any of your mm. your other mm. interviews have, have utilised. It's incredible. It's got to give a, a shout to those guys in terms of right. it's a platform. Which, if you're targeting particularly businesses that may be um, going through early phases, it, it breaks down not just you know sector by sector, but you can get a real sense of where businesses might be on a on a funding level. So if you're going Very in good. really early on and you want to have a a snapshot you know to, to to give you you know a really informed meeting it, it's 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 excellent it's really transformed some of the meetings that we've yeah. had 
Um, but it's also in this whole period that I've sort of mentioned about trying to understand what we're about, who we are, you know, what are we, you know, what what value are we trying to, you know, put out there to people? Mm. It, it's really helped us, you know, really crystallize places that we want to do business. Um, but really that, that when we've met people, it's it, it's given us a bit of a leg up. You know, there's so much mm. information on it. It really is. So it's, it's, yeah. a, it's an awesome platform. So, so to to sort of summarise your point in terms of what, what listeners can do, underpinning your business strategy with data, yes, is actually really essential. But if we go back a step from that, that means you need to have invested if you haven't already done so in the technology. Which I think most companies, you'd have to be a serious tin pot not to have already done that. Yeah. Um, but it is it's making sure that you've got the capability to create that data and insights. We get asked all the time on, and mainly it tends to be around salaries and commission schemes. <laughs> That's but that's sure, the, sure, the, sure, that, sure. those are the hot topics. That's what recruitment Definitely. leaders want to know. Um, but I'm really pleased that you mentioned the you know diversity and inclusion because I actually think that it, it most sectors, even though we've had um you know there's been tsunamis of redundancies which have been absolutely horrendous, you know particularly across talent acquisition mm. and in tech. Um, but there's still a talent shortage, and I think oh, we're still going to be talking about this in, in yeah, a generation, yeah, yeah, yeah. in 20 years. Yeah, there's still sure. going to be a deficit. So sure. I think you know I can't emphasize enough Rob's point about DEI that that's that's the kind of data that your clients will want to know about, um, and it's one of the main reasons that we partner with Inclusion Crowd because yeah. that's exactly what they're here to create. That you know as recruiters we we should be armed. We should be educated and we should be informed on it. That's really interesting. So in terms of, you know, what, where you see the market going, do you think that, and it's really hard for you to answer this wholeheartedly, <laughs> but I'm going to ask you anyway, do you think that we'll still continue to be to be very business development driven, i.e. it won't be, we won't be back to the heady days of just delivery only? Yeah, definitely. I think, I think you've, I think you've, I think it's, it, it's, you've, you've got to, yeah, I think it's all about that. But, but you know what, it all feeds, it feeds in like a figure of eight in any case. And I think if that means that, that, it's mm. it's people being visible and getting out there meeting people really trying to understand build trust build bridges with mm. not just your, your clients but your candidates really you know yes. um some of our team only in the last you know six months have got out and actually met people that they're working with properly mm. which you know in many businesses they're like what but but you know just to, to, to we've got some real junior people in our team and that's still a new thing for them because again when you've mm. got platforms like this it's very very easy to to get a you know a quick 15 30 minute chatting with someone but again the the, the value i think that you get from actually meeting someone i think is is priceless it's, it, it's absolutely priceless and so I think, i'm a bit old school in that respect and i'm a real encourager for going get out there it's one of the nice things about the job is getting out and you know that is the job that, that, that's it that's that it. is the job some... and and it's like it's like the you know the old guys <laughs> are picking up the phone and doing business development because i mean that is <laughs> and you know yeah. i think and, and i want i want to ask you this question but you know i'm just going to put my two pennies in first before i ask it to you is that but we get a lot of feedback from people who are in their first recruitment job or, or or looking to enter the industry and you know we can't dress this up the job is about business development it is yes, about it is. creating relationships it is about physically going and meeting clients if it's feasible yeah um, sure. obviously if you have a global patch it's a bit more problematic but i always think that that is the simplicity of this job. We mm. can have all the data and all the tech, and that's what's yeah. amazing about AI. But actually, the actual job that we influence is yeah. people. And the yes. best way to do that is meaningful relationships. So if you were to, you know, you have now got, and you can do your best radio DJ bit here, you have got <laughs> an audience here with lots of junior recruiters. What yeah. What's the one piece of golden advice you would give them if they want to be like, 
Rob, we want to learn everything that you know in, in one piece of advice for next year. What's the one piece of advice you'd give a, an early recruiter in their career? Um, I think one of the best pieces of advice I was ever give, given myself when I first started was just to really get to know your candidates. And by that, because when I when I started doing recruitment, I had huge imposter syndrome. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like you think you think immediately you? when you're speaking to well, when you're speaking to technical people. I've not done a computer science degree or an engineering degree or anything right. like that. You know, I might be really interested in the subject, but I'm, mm. not, I'm, not, I'm not coming at it from the same um, angle as them. So I had a huge, huge um, imposter syndrome. But then the, the, one of the best pieces of advice I was given was get out there, meet someone, but particularly someone that you think will actually, you know, get them a bite to eat or or a drink perhaps mm. but someone that you that, that will actually be kind oh, enough okay. to actually go through the nuts and bolts of what that job is like what does it actually entail what does it mean you know to be a database administrator or you know an infrastructure engineer or, or any part of it you know what what does that mean what what are they thinking about day in day out what are the kind of routines within the job what are the the, the some of the pet hates what are some of the, the kind yeah. of slightly laborious parts of the yeah. job what, what are the things they really look forward to yeah but, but just the really you know what what do you like and what do you not like it, it's yeah. it, I heard on one of the other podcasts you know I think that's a really great question about what do you not like just that that thank that you for bringing that up sense of, of that I, I think it's a great question and I think yeah. you know in terms of really yeah getting to grips with what people are about mm. um in, in what can seem a complete world away from folks you know I absolutely echo. engineering what's that Everything. about you know, if you what does it, a completely how does it work yeah how does it work it. how does it work you know christ like what you know they're coders so how do i how do i communicate with them what well, you, you, you just awesome. you do this how do you do it they're people so it's the best advice you could have actually answered that question with because uh, coming as somebody that i started my recruitment career in engineering and to this day i still you know i'm it? not an engineer i'm, yeah. I'm a, i am definitely not an engineer <laughs> I'm, I'm not i'm a creator i'm not an engineer at all and i started my recruitment career and that's exactly what I did and I would invite engineers in I didn't have a clue what they were talking about and they'd be drawing things yeah and... yeah 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 because you know what guys people like to talk about what they do and you know what you're not going to get everyone giving all that information but you only need a handful of people because a you the fact that you're listening you're interested mm. in them you're building trust you mentioned yeah, that massive. before um secondly you know you're not trying to do it to get anything from them don't do it from a right I'm going to try and place them it's just I'm really interested to understand what you actually do I'm so curious what do you mean by that mm. and there is nobody on earth that won't help you and that's why we have to move away from this concept that we just take a CV and we just, you know, use the Boolean searching and we're just matching them up yeah. to a job and it's all really cold <laughs> and, and there's no involvement, there's no engagement. Those recruiters and that style of recruitment, I, I actually think that boat has now sailed this year. Thank mm. God. So I, I'm, everything you've said there, and that's fun. Yeah. I still remember this aerospace engineer coming in some interview with me and he, he designed the windows in the aeroplanes. And I wow. still promise to say... I mean, he basically was trying to simplify it for my little brain. And it, it's basically denim. Yeah, wow. It's denim. And every even I was on a plane last week and I'm looking at these windows thinking that's denim. I don't think it is anymore. <laughs> Who knows? But you will be so fascinated because that's where you'll get your passion. That's yeah. where you'll get to know. And those you might never place those people, but I'll tell you what, they will be you'll your remember advocates. them. They'll be your advocates, but they'll yeah, be your advocates. Time. Yeah, yeah. They'll remember time. that. They'll go, Do you know what? I remember Rob. He was brilliant. He was really interested in me. He didn't place me, but do you know what? Give him a call. Yeah. That's how you build your network. I love yeah. that piece of advice. Before we let you go, 
Go on. In your spare time, you mentioned at the start you're a DJ. Yes. So, you know, is this something that's going to, you know, take over? No, it used to before. So, so, so before before I came to recruitment, I used to be an actor and I was um, – so it was that and DJing. So it went cool. hand in hand. So it meant I could go to castings in the week because I was working essentially at night, which was great. Oh. Four nights, five nights a week. Love that. But obviously, you know, it, it got I got to my 30s and it just wasn't sustainable. You know, oh. I had an amazing you know time doing it, trained at a great place, worked with amazing people, wow. had some real, you know, great, great pieces of work. But yeah, needed a proper job. It's a great. It's a great background. I've always thought drama and performance is a great background for recruitment. I'm, I just, I'm really interested to get to know people. I knew you'd be fantastic, <laughs> and that was before I knew you were an ex-performer. So there you go. You have been an absolute delight. And what I love oh, bless you. is you've indicated it a couple of times. Rob is actually a listener and a fan. So I love it's it. I nice love this to come on to have people come on that actually do listen. So it's been an absolute joy. And obviously, people will want to connect to you. Um, which I hope that's okay with you. Yeah, of course. More than happy to. Yeah, definitely. Particularly because you're looking at Oh, It's been so nice to get to know you. Thank you for joining oh, us on the Recruiters no Recruitment worries. Podcast. Thank you. Thanks. The Recruiters Recruitment Podcast is thrilled to be partnering with Inclusion Crowd. Inclusion Crowd put the D into diversity, but do it disruptively. We love that. Really reflecting what we're about I was introduced to Inclusion Crowd back in 2020, and I've been absolutely blown away with what they're doing to totally transform the recruitment and hiring sector. They believe at Inclusion Crowd that companies should be reflective of society, and that no matter who you are listening now, you have a story to tell, you have a contribution to make, an Inclusion Crowd educates you in allowing your voice to come out and share that story but doing it in a way that educates your colleagues and your customers equally. Inclusion Crowd like the Recruiters Recruitment podcast has clients all over the world and they specialize in our industry. What we all want to do together is to maintain best practice and to raise industry standards to enable us to attract and retain the best talent, but doing so inclusively and with true diversity. By doing this, by accomplishing a true EDI policy within your business, you will also retain the top talent as well as attract new talent, which is a win-win for everybody listening, making more profitable business and a much better industry, Higher regard, highly regarded. Inclusion Crowd are also the official awarding body for the Inclusion and Diversity Certification Mark within recruitment. We are so proud to be assisting and partnering Inclusion Crowd. If you want to know more information, please click on the link in this episode and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you do so. Now, back to the episode. We are so proud to be partners of Needy, the gifting revolution. Here at Key Recruitment, we absolutely love to send out bespoke gifts to our new place candidates to welcome them in their new jobs, but also as an extra special thank you to clients or when a team is celebrating something really special. But to be honest, we were really fed up with dull or mediocre gifts that you could just buy on the high street. 
that didn't really reflect who we are at Key Recruitment as a business. This is why we chose Needy. Needy source sustainably from the UK's best independent businesses, offering the most perfect array of bespoke gifts and experiences too. So no more boring bottles of plonk or rubbish boxes of chocolates. This is how you make your customers day with a gift that really matters and shows that you really want to do something special for them. For more information on how psychology and AI forming to make the best gift experience for you, click on the link and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when ordering. Now, back to the episode. 